0: Blog Talk Radio
1: Firefly Willow's L-I-V-E presents Evolve, featuring your host,
0: Robin White Turtle-Lizney.
2: For joining us on this episode of Evolve, nurturing the new in consciousness, the arts and culture, with your host Robin White Turtle Listening. Evolve brings you people and ideas on the cutting edge of change, opening the shells of the past to move our culture into the now. The arts and evolving consciousness are how we are bringing that change to the culture at large. Evolve brings you the wise, the foolish, and the heart-based to help us meet the challenges of the times we are in. Your host in helping you evolve is Robin White Turtle-Isney, who received her Master's in Fine Arts from Mills College in Creative Writing in 2012 and her PhD in energy medicine in 2013. She is an author of three books, the most recent being Heart Path, Learning to Love Yourself and Listening to Your Guides. She has published poetry in many literary journals and numerous anthologies, and her poem First Step was selected for reading by survivors at the Virginia Tech Memorial Bench Dedication in April 2010. In addition to her writing, Robin is also an artist whose work has been shown widely throughout the Midwest and East Coast. Robin White Turtle Lisney is a psychic medium and energy medicine practitioner through East-West Bookstore in Mountain View, California, through her office in Santa Cruz, California, and across the country by phone. Robin travels across the country as a speaker and leading workshops. To find out more about Robin, you can visit her website at www.thecenterforthesoul.com. So take a breath, relax, and let yourself evolve with your host, Robin White Turtle, listening.
3: And I'm really happy to have a special guest with us today. But before I introduce her, I wanted to let people know that I'm running Subtle Energy Medicine Seminars in the Santa Cruz Mountains. The next one is the 29th and March 1st. Um, and these are two, uh, two-day 2 workshops that are bringing people uh, all kinds of information on subtle energy. Uh, this time, we're going to focus on love and how love heals, how do you direct love to do healing work and so we're gonna spend the whole weekend on this. It's a really uh, powerful seminar and I hope that the center for the soul And you'll check it you can check it out there with other dates, seminar dates and all of this can lead to a certificate in energy medicine, and private therapy therapy. So this week's guest is Janet Trenchard. Uh welcome Janet Thank you, Robin. Yeah. Janet's an artist and a poet, and she lives in San Jose, California. Her work in painting is often abstract, and her poetry works from imagery she makes from collages she has created. Janet's poetry explores her personal landscape, including her life as a single mother, her life as a teacher, as well as deeply held connections with the earth. Uh, In this show, we're going to be exploring the world of Janet's art and poetry and discuss how the integration of natural images suggests environmental issues, both personal and global, and spiritual connections. And so that's kind of where we're going, don't you think? You can go there. Okay. So I'm just really happy to have you here. And uh, I'd like you to just start by describing, um, you know, when you started painting and and how did the poetry come into it, and all of that kind of good stuff?
1: Well, it's interesting. I was just sort of talking about that last night with a group of women, mm-hmm. where I was describing the being the path of being a single mother. It made it very difficult to do the sculptures that I had been trained in in college.
3: Oh, because
1: you have a small space, you've got other priorities. Mm-hmm. Sculpture seems the least thing. That I had time to do, but I did keep a notebook of ideas,
0: mm-hmm. and I
1: did pick up sculpture at different times later. But eventually, I emerged as a painter.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: was just, um, it was just something led me to that. And but in the meantime, when I was a single mother, I did find what I could do was write. You can always have a pencil and paper, right? And so what happened was things started coming out in words.
0: Uh-huh. And then I
1: developed a poetry practice, and that was very strong in uh, those years,
0: uh-huh. and, and
1: it still is. But I also now very strong again is my art. Mhm, uh-huh. mhm. Uh-huh. Now that you know, now it's my
3: life. I heard it. uh-huh. So, um, can you describe? So, you didn't start out as a painter at all. You started out doing sculpture in well, college, is that right? Well,
1: yes, but I should say that I was always the artist, you know, so yeah. always in school, I would be the one who had to do the poster for whatever. Yeah. I was always acknowledged for my artistic nature, and, th- you know, I'm so lucky, because we all have that. Yeah. But not everyone gets the acknowledgement.
0: Right, right, right. Uh-huh. And my mother was an artist. Oh, she was. Yes, she
1: was. She was a very good artist.
0: Uh-huh. I grew up on that. Uh-huh.
1: Uh, get people to listen and hope mm-hmm. so
3: Before the... yeah. sure.
1: Let's go back over the soul collage part.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Soul collage is a wonderful tool for an artist and for anybody.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it has
1: million uses. It was created by Sina Frost in Watsonville, and it's spreading all over the world.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I have created my back of soul cards with the image I have uh, pulled from magazines in this process that is Soul Collapse we try not to know what we're doing.
0: Mm-hmm. We
1: let the corner of our eye be drawn to an image and then we just tear, 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 hmm Then we start our images in what only a few. Mm-hmm. We call it a deck. You can And what could speak more to your soul? These images that have come right from the unconscious. Right. So they're very, very connected to the soul. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: when one writes a poem, one opens to the soul Mm -hmm. to see what wants to be said. And to me, these cards just really work for that. It's like, how could they not? You know, Mm -hmm. as far as a writing prompt, this
3: is right from your soul. Right. So, can you read one of your poems that comes right sure. from your soul? That came from the soul collage, because sure. I think uh, there's no better way than to just jump right into the poetry. Sure. Uh, I was thinking
1: about this poem because you mentioned that you know the, you, you focus somewhat on art and
0: healing. Yeah. And
1: how does it? How do you heal your personal um, issues? Through art, and this poem was something where I was revisiting. I pulled a card that had images relating to my, to a difficult period in my past where I was in, um, in a strapped situation economically and having two kids as a single mom. And these were the images that were speaking to me, and I was, oh my gosh, do I really want to go there? But I thought about something I had read in Tibetan Buddhist literature where a teacher said, be like a golden fish swimming through the waters of life.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: And I had a fish in my card. Oh. So I, I felt that that was saying, go for it. Just go into this past uh-huh. memory and just explore that memory. Uh-huh. And don't be afraid. Yeah. Just be like a fish swimming through it.
3: Yeah.
1: So this one is called Journey. Girl dived down to the bottom of a river and felt with her two hands, the rough brick and the chipped paint of a porch. Her angel told her not to be afraid, but to be like a golden fish swimming freely through the waters of life. So she enjoyed the persimmons and calendula and valerian, the figs and the fruit of the prickly pear. But mostly she enjoyed the children that she had fed loquats and pomegranates, tiny peaches and plums, cakes and bread. And while the old house was falling down around them, she painted the refrigerator and washed the dishes hand painted with koi up to her elbows in the waters of life.
0: <laughs>
3: oh, I love that. I love that. Way it was. Yeah, so that's definitely from your single mother days when you were working with your kids and mm-hmm. and how to uh, integrate joy and creativity, even if things are kind of falling down around you at the house and things, that's wonderful. No, because
1: the way we remember things, like I yeah. remember that period as a struggle, uh-huh. But if I, and so I don't always want to revisit it, but if you take the invitation to be like a golden fish... Then it's like, go back and see now. Was it really that bad? Yeah. And as I go back, I, look, I remember
3: the joy, huh. all the joy that was there all along. hmm hmm And that all came from the book card so that the images emerged and could write about it okay. as wonderful. marvelous. And then yeah. the memories
1: unfold, all the fruit... We have not to refer things I never would have thought about again. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, great. Well, um, would you like to read another poem? Sure. And you've been published in some journals, right, around?
1: Yeah, I've had lots of poems in Porter Gulch over the years. Years ago, I had things published under my former name, Janet Crawford, Mm -hmm. but mostly now. Janet Trencher, showing. And I've had some stories published and some poems, and there's a few other small journals that I've been published in. Mhm, mhm. How oh, great. This is another. Uh, this is another one that is about that same era.
0: Mhm.
1: And it's called Three Gifts. Okay. There I am, twelve years old soaking my yellow dress as I drink from the stone fountain, frogs all around, my hands impossibly graceful in sheer fitted gloves, seams haloing my fingers like a fairy godmother's gift. A wrinkled hand sifts and weighs from sacks of roots and leaves, combining a formula, scooping and weighing again and again until all is sifted. (sighs) The old porch is weathered and chipped, a ship run aground. A child holds out a shell in her hand, but the woman doesn't look. She is scanning the horizon, hand on hip, one hand shading her brow. The girl cannot see that the woman in jeans and flip-flops is the woman she would come. The hands pulling out the extra-long cutting board, making ravioli, putting up wallpaper... The woman cannot see the laughing child looking down from the ceiling, reaching down in play, moving us about as if in a dollhouse.
0: Wow.
3: So that comes from a soul collage card where this little girl was up above and seeing this dollhouse and then seeing this woman on the porch. I love the imagery. It's so so rich. Right.
1: And I could see, like I don't know why I made the card like that, Mm -hmm. but I could see that it's just the different phases of, of a woman's life. Yeah. And I also can see that the laughing child, it never leaves us. It's like to the laughing child, all is play.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All is play. Life is just play. Mm-hmm. But to the worried, concerned woman mm-hmm. with her hand on her forehead, scanning the horizon, you know, mm-hmm. it's the difference
3: mm-hmm.
1: in how we approach life. But we always have the child within us.
3: So yeah. Yeah, and isn't that great?
1: And then I have the, I mean, part of it is this wrinkled hand, sifting, weighing from a sack of leaves, sifting and weighing till all is sifted. Now that, to me, is the wisdom elder
0: Mm. part of us,
1: that I am not, I am approaching
3: those years now.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. And
3: she's sifting and weighing as I am
1: Mm -hmm. in my
0: poems. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And
3: do you feel like those images of the girl and the elder woman and the middle you know, aged woman or the, or the younger woman. woman. Um, do you feel like those are archetypal for uh, kind of an archetypal personal imagery for you?
0: Definitely. Yeah.
1: It's archetypal. It's
3: personal to me, but yeah. in a way anyone can understand. That. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, all women go through the different phases of mother, maiden, crone, you know, the mm-hmm. child, the maiden part of ourselves and then the mother part of ourselves and then the elder part of ourselves and the mother part can manifest as kids or it can also manifest uh as people that you take care of or that you watch over or that oh, yeah. you can oh, mentor definitely. you know so mothering can happen like your teaching was maybe your mothering face
1: lot of my friends who don't have children
3: are very nurturing friends uh-huh yeah yeah Oh, great. Well, let's read our poem, and then we'll go to a break. And I would just want to let our callers know that this is not a call-in show today. We're interviewing Janet Trenchard, who is a poet and an uh, an author of many poems uh, and a painter and an artist, and she lives in San Jose, California. And her work explores all kinds of things, including, you know, the subconscious, and that's really where your work is now, wouldn't you say? I do. Yeah. Um, I pulled this
1: poem because it follows along with the idea of the wisdom elder. Mm-hmm. So even though I know that the wisdom elder is still a phase to come in my life, mm-hmm. um, I can feel it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can feel the past and sometimes the future. You understand that this is a part of us. So mm-hmm. this one is wisdom. Entering through the weathered gate, she comes around again, where once she cowered before the world, soft hands, serving drinks guiding electric mixers chopping stirring pouring batter a griddle carrying salad bowls to guests combining and recombining the elements offering according to the laws of creation now leathery hands grind roots and bark bones and berries in silence and solitude wisdom brews a cup of tea in
3: the chill light of dawn. Sweet. I love that bruise a cup of tea in the chill light of dawn. That's beautiful.
1: There's something about that to me that is like the chill light of dawn is like just the truth, dawning awareness, just
3: clarity and emptiness. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. How lovely. Well, we're going to go to a musical interlude, and then we'll come back. This is the music of Lila Downs and a song of hers called Luna. Robin White Turtle Lisney, and I'm your host on Evolve. I wanted to share with you a few of the things that I'm doing beside the radio show. Uh, You can always go to my website, www.thecenterforthesoul.com, and that is uh, www.thecenterforthesoul.com, and you can learn about all the things that I offer, including readings, healing work. Uh, I'm a medium, a psychic. Uh, I'm also an artist and an author. You can check out my books. The most recent ones are called Poems for the Lost Deer, and the other is called Heart Path Handbook and Energy Medicine Guide. Uh, Both these books have been published this year in 2014. So I just wanted to share that with you, and now we'll go back to the show. Hi, welcome back. This is Robin White Turtle Listening. I just wanted to let you know too that I'm doing some uh subtle energy medicine seminars. Uh and the next one is February 29th and March 1st, and these are focused on energy medicine and how how we do healing work. How does healing work happen? And so it's particularly focused for practitioners. Um but uh anyone can come and uh the the very reasonably priced uh, and uh you can go to my website thecenterforthesoul.com and uh check it out. So we're back now with our guest uh with my guest Janet Trenchard, who is an artist and a poet and she lives in San Jose, California. Um her work in painting is often considered abstract expressionist and her poetry works from imagery that she makes from soul collage cards that she creates. Uh, soul collage are, are collages that you, images you pull out of magazines and put them together in a subconscious process, as she has described already in the show. Janet's poetry explores her personal landscape, uh, including her life as a single mother, her life as a teacher, as well as deeply held connections with the earth. Um, and we're exploring Janet's art and po- poetry this uh, this time around. On um, evolve, um, because she also works deeply with the subconscious, and uh, I feel like when you do, work with the you're really. Don't you think? What do you think oh, about I that, Janet? I think so. Mm-hmm. It's like
1: when you work with the subconscious, you are accessing a voice that is very authentic and that that is maybe somewhat unknown. Mhm.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: you know, you're really opening
3: to something deep.
0: Mhm. And
3: do you ever write poetry from your paintings, from your abstract paintings? Have you No, I never have, but I I have written poems that have nothing to do with soul collage cards. huh.
0: Um from my paintings, but you bring up an interesting
1: point because I'm kind of wondering I feel a little bit of excitement around that. Like uh-huh. might be something new, a new direction. Yeah. It's just starting to uh uh-huh.
3: form yeah yeah well, we talked a little about before about the soul collage and how those images in soul collage can so much prompt uh what your your um imagery that you're doing in the poetry um that's pretty exciting um how has um soul collage influenced your painting
1: As far as I know, consciously it hasn't. Because for me, when I get in front of a canvas, I just kind of open up to um, some kind of some kind of force. You know, like the elements of art interest me so much, like texture, shape, form, and those are things that come through. I didn't mention that my paintings are highly textured.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: that's a, another earthy factor mm-hmm. because in having highly textured painting, I feel that that connection just like uh an intimate connection, like touchable. Yeah. The mm-hmm. sense of t- it appeals to the sense of touch even though you're not necessarily touching. it.
3: So you do almost kind of a collage of textures before you actually start painting on yeah, it. Is I that right? I,
1: uh-huh. I just put a lot of texture on the canvas, so that when I start to paint, paint moves around that texture, and, mm-hmm. and I and I add more later too. But mm-hmm. It it appeals to the sense
0: of touch, even mm-hmm. though
1: you're not touching
0: it. Mm-hmm. And that's
1: just to me, that's part of the earthy thing that's coming through right now. Mm-hmm. I might move into another another style, but mm-hmm. that's what's mm-hmm. coming through right now. And I feel like my soul is very connected to the earth, so I feel like okay, it's opening a pathway now.
0: Mm-hmm. We'll see
1: what goes. I'm, I'm interested in seeing if it starts to connect to all these other things. If right. it starts to make connections with my soul collage cards.
0: Mm-hmm. If it
1: starts to make connections to words.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
1: these things are all building rooms of their own, but when they start to overlap,
3: if they do, I think you'll be very rich.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm really
3: interested mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. And you're preparing a book, isn't that right? You're getting uh you're about to get some of your poetry in a collection. Can you talk a little bit about your book?
1: Yeah, I'm very excited about that because I have been writing poems for a long time now and I feel like I have a book and I've been organizing and you know, bringing it into some kind of order.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And until I get it all in one place and between covers, in some ways I feel I can't move on.
0: Uh-huh. I know
1: what it is about creative pro- projects that sometimes are like that. Like,
3: yeah. I, I need to so I can move Yeah. Well, I think that there's kind of two parts to art in any art form. One is creating it, and the other is sharing it.
0: Definitely. And
3: um, the sharing piece is, is really important especially because it's when you're speaking your poems that there's some kind of a loop that, uh helps you to um, helps you to hear it differently. Don't you think? I mean especially poetry you're you're when you're reading a poem, um I always rely a little bit on the reading to then help me go back and edit the poems a little bit differently. But once they're finished then there's you know, oh, it's changed you writing it, but then there's another piece where it, when you share it with people, you're you're actually helping them change or you're helping them look at those same things that you've been looking at. Yes. I mean, it's
1: like talking. You are, a poem is meant to be heard and mm-hmm. poems originally, you know, way back in, you know, our primitive eras, were songs. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So a song is something that you, you, you share, you, know, mm-hmm. you sing it to someone. Mm-hmm. and People listen, and that is really what poetry is. Mm-hmm. Only now
3: it's it's spoken. But
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: well, in the old days, the bards would go around, and you know, they would. That's how they made a living, is they would, you know, hold forth their poems, and then people would, you know, give them coins if they liked it. Yeah. And that and, was a you know, traveling bards through England were very common. Right, and yeah. then now we have, you know, the uh, spoken word poetry. Is, you know, the young people are really embracing
0: that, yeah.
1: that aspect of it. Whereas yeah. I come from an older school that's more like, wow, we're going to write it down, we're going to read it in a book. Mm-hmm. But there's, it's extremely important to to read it out loud mm-hmm. and
3: have it heard. Mm-hmm. So tell me about your book and the, you've got a proposed title, right? I do. I, I'm using the word infrared
1: as the title. I have a poem called Infrared. And then I noticed that throughout my book... They're, the color red
0: mm-hmm. plays a
1: part in many poems and mm-hmm.
3: poetry book that that we've had. my um, the first was dance Poems of the Lust that I published last year, a book of my poems, and now we have a a collective group of people and you're gonna be the first of those collective group. The second the second one of the collective. So it's very
0: exciting.
1: I'm excited to be the
0: second one published in to yeah. be the new poets that are joining. Uh like too. And it's
3: allowing you know, people to publish poetry poetry I don't know if the public exists, but it's a very difficult genre to publish because there's very there's fewer and fewer presses, and then the presses that are publishing they may have a thousand uh people that submit manuscripts to them and they only have space for one or two so a year so the the chances of getting it published sometimes can take people 10 years to get a manuscript published and those of us that are less patient than that or don't really want to wait around um, have come up with creative alternatives and one is cooperative press so I'm yeah. I'm really excited about what we're doing with this well let's have you share another poem if you will and sure. then we'll go to another break and Uh, I'm here with Janet Trenchard, and we're talking about her work and her painting and her poetry and how those two things uh, merge out of soul language uh, through soul collage and uh, through the imagery that she has uh, developed in her work. Okay.
1: Well, I just got inspired to read poem called Infrared. Oh, great. And this I've is a title a little, poem. Yeah. You yeah. so talked a little bit about what it means to me. Mm-hmm. It's a little dark, but it's the, you know, the invisible light that's the thread through it that mm-hmm. is the soul that we, that gets us through. Mm-hmm. Infrared. There's a jug of red wine in the bushes for night walks. I drink red wine from a coffee mug, which I cup like it was fire or rubies because the light is draining out of everything. The wind hisses, but I hear only the pops and whistles, the echoes of curses, spinning themselves out like pinwheeling firecrackers. I drink red wine as the long black tongue of pavement slowly swallows down the light. A cool moon rises, a squid in ink. I pull my shawl tight. I realize I'm infrared, a thermal target, a living thing,
3: a mouse on the desert at night. Sweet, sweet. Well, There's a definitely a sense of danger in that poem, but right. at the same time, kind of a, a knowing that you belong here. Right. That's what I'm getting there's, from that. Know,
1: yeah, it's a. There's a vulnerability. It's a young girl. You know, it, this came from when my younger part of my life were I felt vulnerable and. Mm-hmm. I had to hold my own warmth in. Had to wrap
3: that shawl around my mm-hmm.
1: my um, inner light.
3: hmm mm-hmm. Beautiful. Okay, so we'll be right back. We're here with Janet Trenchard, and um, the music that I have today is not um, Lila Downs. It, it basically, it's um, an Afrobeat, but we're going to go back to it, and we'll be right back. Culture. and my guest today is Janet Trenchard. Uh, Janet is an artist and a poet, and she lives in San Jose, California. Uh, she often works back and forth from imagery and collage, and her painting is very abstract in nature, very textural. Uh, and uh, she explores her personal landscape, including her life as a single mom, as a teacher, and deeply held connections with the earth. So we've been exploring the art, her art and poetry and how those natural images suggest um, environmental landscapes, both personal and global. So um, I just love your poetry because it does have such a, a unique way of bringing together um, the images that you have from the soul collage. But the images... That are so fresh because of that, because the images are surprised, just like the images in Soul Collage can be a surprise. So, yeah, I think that's what makes your poetry very special to me.
1: Well, another aspect of the Soul Card is what I call I'm kind of working up um, a way of working with it that I call oracular poetry,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which it's not that the poem is oracular, it's the process.
0: Mm-hmm. And it has to
1: do with drawing the card. And creating a sacred space and considering it to be an oracle of your own soul. Mm -hmm. Because every single card is from your own soul. Mm -hmm. So when you consider it to be an oracle, it's oracular, like you're going to the oracle at Delphi and asking, what Mm -hmm. should I write? What is coming? What does my soul want to say? It just creates a sacred environment to write from.
3: That's a wonderful way to work and I know when I'm doing artwork um I often try to frame it that way too you know light a candle or sit in meditation before I start and get in touch with myself a little bit more so that's great that you, you know, do
0: that and it,
3: makes the ego settle down. it does it does it helps you get in touch with your authentic self and then you're not quite disconnected from um well I mean in our everyday lives we run around like chickens with our heads cut off and I think we get so wrapped up in the tasks of the day and it's not really aligning I mean unless we meditate everyday and really focus on aligning with our, our true nature or a more um, a deeply held presence in ourselves then uh, I don't think we do it you know and uh, we just end up being task masters and I think there's so much more to humanity than just filling out tasks. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so see that you can take
1: something that went on in your daily life, those images mm-hmm. can be so mm-hmm. from the card.
0: So mm-hmm.
1: iraqian writing doesn't have to uh, be limited to the card. Mm-hmm. But when you combine the images, then it's much more meaningful. I, and I know that you do that in your poetry, mm-hmm.
3: too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So would you read another poem? Sure. I'll
1: read this one. This one is a, sort of like a young mother who uh, is feeling, you know, the way that we do sometimes feel just like swept swept by um, soul forces, mm-hmm.
0: even in just
1: ordinary life. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: I call it offering. Barefoot in a blue dress, she takes a pie out of the oven and holds it before her. Her family is gathered around, yet she moves. As if she were alone on the desert floor,
2: scanning for
1: a high spot, an outcropping on which to place the offering, perhaps a large rock, some place that a mountain or sky god would be sure to see it. She would cry out his name, but it has no vowels. It has no consonants either. There's just the thrill of offering as she places the pie
3: on the table. <laughs> I love that. Well, and I think that when you when you make a cake or a cook like that, you are making this offering that you feel proud of, you know, and then, of course, it's consumed in a few minutes, right. <laughs> especially if it's really Yeah. about holding that pie yeah. in the oven that feels like you're, you're just going to
1: the mountain. Too. Yeah,
3: you're offering it to the um, I
1: In my my book, you'll notice, Robin, that pomegranate comes up a few times, mm-hmm. over and over, but a few times, and that's mysterious to me. But I do have the image in a card, mm-hmm. and I ask myself, What is that image? And, you know, to the best of my understanding, it's not a textbook answer, but it's like it's a kind of
0: renewal. I mm-hmm. think of it as a
1: kind of underworld. Tr- You're know, going into the because mm-hmm. isn't that what the seed that Persephone ate?
3: Yes, yeah. Well, pomegranates, I was going to say, have such a long history yeah. in literature. As Persephone, didn't she have to follow the pomegranates? Or she ate the pomegranate to go the, into the underworld or something? Uh, I can't what I remember. I remember
1: is she wasn't supposed to eat a thing if she wanted to go back with her mother. Mm-hmm. She couldn't eat anything, but she couldn't resist having just a few seeds of pomegranate. Uh-huh. And uh-huh, uh-huh. Sometimes the pomegranate represents the underworld But to me it's also seeds of redemption Because mm-hmm. uh, the co- Well, for me it does anyway Because of the color red Which yeah. is resonating with my infrared That sense of Blood or
3: the soul Right, and when pomegranates ripen And they really get ripe They burst open right. And they crack open And then the seeds come out So I think that cracking open is uh, Is very symbolic of the feminine. Right.
0: You know. So that's, that's a big part of it. Too. Yeah. So that
1: image is in my poem. I just want to talk about it. Yeah. But Great. I call this smart. Mm-hmm. The day my sons and their friends started the old shed on fire, flames floating over faded wallpaper, revealing layer, after linoleum patches, smiling faces on old newspapers curling off in smoke. We were able to put it out and drag out an old mattress to lie on the cement, the fire burrowing deep inside the thick cotton, impossible to quench. And for days, as it rained softly, we watched
3: Kids really set the shit on fire. <laughs> they really did. <laughs> and you had two boys, right?
1: I mean, it was asking for it to be there. <laughs> it was just so old and full of you know, it was made from cardboard and paper, I mean tacked in the wood. It mm-hmm. was a crazy old thing. Well. But it's amazing how those old mattresses the cotton. Mhm. There would be fire deep inside and you could soak that thing and
0: it would put out.
3: hmm that That's why they're so dangerous. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean any mattress uh, is but um you know, the, they it would just keep going and smoldering and smoldering.
1: But I strangely took I took a sort of perverse hope in that as I watched it like mm-hmm. oh no matter how Yeah. It's waiting.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: That's great. Okay, well, let's have another poem. Okay. So these are all in your new book, Infrared, which will be out uh, this summer, right? We're talking probably July or August, don't you think? I think so. Yeah, I'm so excited. And uh, we're part of a cooperative uh, poetry press that uh, called Blue Bone Books and uh, Janet's book will be number two out of the slot. We've got one last year, and we are maybe have two this year. I'm not sure. So uh, right. it's very exciting. People can go to BlueBoneBooks.com if they want to check out the cover of her book and some information, bio-information on Blue Bo-
1: That parts of me flew off in different directions? (laughs) Was it my fault volcanic forces roared through me in different directions like tides? Volcanic forces roaring through me, dragging stones back and forth like tides running across the shore. Dragging small shells back and forth like a girl with children running across the shore of a large world. Like a girl with children trying to gather together all the parts of a large world, not yet fully formed.
3: So tell me about the um, form of that poem, because. Oh, right. Yeah. It's a pantoum, uh-huh. which is a Malaysian
1: form that right. uses uh, a lot of repetition. So you, the first, the second and fourth line will become the first and third mm-hmm. of the next stanza so it has a sing-song quality mm-hmm. and it's a form that I just really like a lot, I've got a lot of tunes.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's a wonderful form, well it, the repetition helps you to kind of take in the lines and then change a little bit so then, in conjunction with other lines, so right. then it has the meaning deepens and rich, it gets more rich yeah. yeah. I think that's
1: a good point that you made, rich. It helps you take in the line, like a simple mm-hmm. line heard, you know, in a tightly different context mm-hmm. over and over, it,
0: mm-hmm. it makes its point. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm.
1: And I thought this was kind of interesting how I am talking about myself or a planet. Mhm. Because, you know, um, worlds are just other bodies, I mean, they're just other other well,
3: we're microcosm. I mean, I think each of us is a, is a universe in a, in and of ourselves, and those universes then um, against other universes. Yeah. But holding uh, are working from uh, a real authentic self, And we do form a universe within ourselves. So then we have a universe. So uh, that's wonderful. Uh, I little how you you, you microcosm of that. <laughs> uh. Yeah, because we
0: understand that the <laughs> world kind of
3: Would you read it again? Because I, I think that uh, it has such a
0: much I'd like to running
1: across shore. Back forth, from across the shore of a large world. like a girl with children trying to gather together all the parts of a large world not yet formed.
3: <laughs> wonderful yeah so you know writing poetry is such a mystery isn't it i mean it's just so a mystery because you start you sit with a blank page like you would a blank canvas, and then this thing comes roaring out of you. Or what I have with me is I get a line or two, mm-hmm. and then I read the line, and other lines come and into one, one line after the other. that It writes itself. Just like painting. I, mean, pain I mean, you're doing it, but well, it's a dream. I just
1: Nice. This is a main thing. It's hard work on my art because I not work. Mm-hmm. Um I'm listening and you're
0: listening
3: to evolve Uh, if you look at my um, website www.thecenterforthesoul.com it will give you lots of information especially about a new uh, workshop that's coming up it's actually a series of seminars on subtle energy medicine and the seminars lead to a certificate Uh, in energy medicine that you can use in your private practice if people have private practices. So anyway, we're here today with Janet Trenchard, and she's going to read a couple more poems. And what do you got? Okay,
1: this one comes toward the end of my uh, book, which is about memory. And this word thread is like the thread of memory that you follow when you go back over the past. Mm -hmm. And so when I say she follows her thread, that's what I'm referring to. It's just the, the thread we've. Seen through. She follows her. The chimney. quickly leaps backward in time, slipping through a clerestory window. An ar- like art The columns begin to crumble. Trees under a bridge, round the corner, down a cobblestone street. For though the structures are rich with voices, on top of whose the in the end, they are not just than dust. Laughing.
3: Anybody that would be reading this poem through the imagery and in the you know, sensory
1: impressions that yeah. form memory. Yeah,
3: that's very exciting. And
1: so I like how, in the end, she looks up with the wool cap in her hands when in light rain, it's like these, these refresh. You know,
3: yeah. Refresh that, you know, yeah. Something.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's
3: wonderful. It's been delightful having you, and uh, you know, I think it's wonderful that artists and and uh, poets often they're in different camps. But one of the things we're trying to do with Blue Bone Books is to honor people that are in two different genres. So, um, like myself, you you are also both a painter. And, um, and a poet, and many of the other authors that we have in the, in Blue Bone Books are also in two different genres, and that the, the work just comes out that way. And so it's it's very exciting for me to be involved with how that work comes out and how how it's expressed. Well, I think that what you
1: did with your book is such an amazing model for. Me really integrating and reintegrating and just going, weaving it all together.
3: Mm-hmm. So, well, I love to work between the pictures, the imagery, and the poetry, and then have them play back and forth. And that was was so much fun in my book to do. So I'm
1: looking at something like, I mean, I'm just looking at, will that, would that ever happen for me? Would it be fun? Will mm-hmm. it? So that's kind of what I'm looking at for
0: mm-hmm.
1: the future. Mm-hmm. And this poem is, again... Just one of the memories of that, you know, just be like a golden fish and remember. Remember, and and you'll see there's so much joy there. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So this is called Bottle. There's always a bottle of wine on the table and a glass in my hand. I open the book. There's always a book. There's always a whale poster over a clawfoot tub. There's always Nina Simone on the stereo and a floor heater to dance around. There's always bamboo by the shed for the kids to jump into from the roof. There's always a, red, a wedgwood stove, a pile of laundry, a pot of beans and dishes to do. There's always a cracked patio out the kitchen door. And when you stood there looking up, cigarette in hand, there was always a hole in the sky
3: with light raining down.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: That's so interesting. The image of the bottle—not just of the bottle of wine, but almost in your previous poem, like the image of, uh, of, of being in a bottle, floating on the tides. Um, you know, like lost messages that are cast out to sea. Yeah. I, I I feel that thread in this poem as well. That's wonderful. That's kind of a nice uh, overlay, like message in a bottle. Yeah. It sure can. Yeah. Yeah. Back to you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, Janet, thank you so much for being on the show today. Um Yeah, yeah, and I'm glad that you could read your poems. Um, you also have artwork and where do you display your artwork? Do you have it in different shows right now?
1: Um, right, you can always see something of mine in the Las Gatas Museum's gallery in Las Gadas.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. A,
1: it's a membership gallery and so I, we're always rotating it but there will always be something of mine there and then there's different things. There's the open studios coming up in Silicon Valley open studios
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and
1: I'm going to have a piece in the Ma in oh, Santa Cruz
3: great. for
1: the Oceans Show exhibit, and I'm oh. so excited because they they're changing it. They had an Ocean exhibit, now they're going to have all new images. So oh, it'll wonderful! Be in the second part.
3: Oh, great!
1: That'll open on March
3: 20th. Uh huh. How wonderful! And then, do you have a website, or do you have a place where people can go look
0: at your I art? I
1: have a, a new website. It's just um sort of a beginning, but I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. It's Janet Trenchard Art.
3: Dot Weebly.com. Okay, Janet Trenchard Art. Weebly. Com. Okay, that's great. Well, thanks for being here today. This is your host Robin White Turtle Lisney, and the show is evolved, and uh, we are nurturing the new in consciousness, the arts, and culture. If you want more information about my work, you can take a look at www.TheCenterForTheSoul.com The Center for the Soul. Com. Thank you for joining. We'll see you next month.
1: Thank you for joining us. This program was brought to you by Firefly Willows L-I-V-E. We hope you enjoyed the show. This is Deb Caracella. Please join us next time on Firefly Willows L-I-V-E for our live on-air call-in show, Sunday morning at 1030 a.m.